Hello again, and welcome back to The Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and every week, I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Today, we are lucky to have none other than Jean Chatsky, financial editor of NBC's Today Show and the author of several books. Her latest, Age Proof, Living Longer Without Running Out of Money or Breaking a Hip, hits the shelves in February. And you can check out her always helpful podcast and blog, Her Money, at jeanchatsky.com. Jean, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. So I'm really excited to, to talk to you because money and psychology are inextricably intertwined. Like money can motivate us, cause us you know, great anxiety, and even as recent studies show, impact our levels of compassion and empathy. But it's also rated the number one source of stress. <laughs> and we certainly live in anxious times. So these days when we worry about money, what, what specifically are we worrying about? And what can we do to help soothe those worries? So the big things that we're worried about are not having enough money to last as long as we last ourselves. And, and we're particularly worrying about that because longevity, with the exception of this year when it took a little dip, has just been going steadily up and up and up. We worry about not being able to maintain our standard of living, and we worry about healthcare expenses in particular because they've been increasing at a rate that is dramatically greater than the rate of inflation at about 6 to 7% a year. So you put all those things together and you're right, you get a bundle of stress. When I dug in to start working on age proof, which I should say I, I didn't write myself, I, I wrote with Dr. Michael Roizen, who is the chief of wellness at the Cleveland Clinic and the co-author of all the U-books, we, we wrote a, a large section on stress because stress is the biggest ager and the biggest cause of stress is money. So you, you've got to tackle both of those things head on. Yeah, as you, were, as you were listing those things, I could feel my heart rate going up. But, and so I know some of these things are systemic. Some of these things are not in our control. But what in that kind of pie, what are the pieces we can control? How can we soothe our own money stresses and worries? I think we soothe them with action. And the actions can be small actions that move you in the right direction, but that over time end up with being larger, more substantial actions. So we know, I, I did a large study. I know you like the research. I, I did a large study of money and happiness for a book I wrote several years ago called The Ten Commandments of Financial Happiness. And what I learned was that it's not the amount of money that you have that makes you happy or unhappy. Once you have and it's about seventy-five thousand dollars a year. That's that's a figure from Doctor um, from Daniel Kahneman at, at Princeton, on average. And and granted, seventy-five thousand dollars is a lot less in New York City than it is in a small town in sure. the Midwest. But once you've achieved that ability to live comfortably, more money won't buy you more happiness. What will buy you more happiness is control over whatever money you have. And that control takes the form of a lot of specific actions. And so if you're able to save at least 5% of your income a year, which by the way is not enough, it's enough to get you over the happiness 
level, if you're able to keep your level of debt under control, if you are able to pay your bills as they come in rather than saving them up in a pile to pay once or twice a month, all of those things give you the feeling of greater control and less stress. That makes a ton of sense. As you were talking, my heart rate went down. So Good. Excellent. That sounds good. So those are our worries that pretty much all of us share. And so in addition to money being stressful for individuals, money is also stressful for couples. And so it's it, in fact, is the number one thing couples fight about. So how can couples stop arguing and start communicating and get on the same page about their money? So the first thing I think you have to acknowledge is just like individuals aren't wired to do the right things where our money is concerned. Couples aren't wired to be identical replicas of one another. You you may come into a marriage and and join forces with this person that you've decided you love enough to spend the rest of your life with. That doesn't make you the same individual. It doesn't mean that you have the same wants or the same needs or the same goals. And particularly where money is concerned, we often don't talk about those things. We just assume that because this person is the love of our life, they do want exactly the same things that we want, or they do have the exact same priorities when it comes to spending money that we have. And because we don't talk about them, the fact that we're not the same stays buried and continues to rise up to just bite us again and again and again. And so the way to solve the problem is to agree on the big things, agree on what your long-term goals are. And, And I like to think in terms of this year and 10 years from now and 20 years from now, but also agree to disagree as far as giving each other some autonomy when it comes to spending on the things that mean something to you. I mean, I like the idea of having three separate pots of money, of of having an account for me and an account for you and an account for the house and, and not trying to micromanage each other as long as we're meeting our saving and investment goals for our long-term future. So it sounds like a nice balance of shared goals, but also some autonomy. So if your one's partner wants to, you know, spend his or her money on, you know, I don't know, something that we consider frivolous, no, it's not a problem because because as long as the larger goals are are getting met. Exactly. And I mean, I know you you are a judgment-free zone, <laughs> and I think the more that we can try to be that judgment-free zone where our our spouse or partner comes into play where their spending is concerned, it's good for the marriage to give each other a little bit of freedom and a little bit of wiggle room because when you don't, you're no longer a spouse, you're a parent. Mm, and mm-hmm. and that's just that just, you know, bye-bye romance. Right, right. Less less judgment equals less arguing, definitely. Mm-hmm. So in your money philosophy, which I really love, you stress the need to give back. And there's tons of research showing that people who do give back, um, whether with money or with time, are happier and healthier. And so it's an interesting concept. Like tell us about how giving money away actually makes us, quote, wealthier in the long run. When you give 
money away to support something that you believe in. And and it has to be to support something you believe in. You get outside yourself and and you see how your resources make a difference to people who have problems other than the day-to-day problems that you're dealing with. And I think that getting outside of yourself and seeing the impact that you can have is is really important because it, it takes your focus off the mundane problems that you deal with day in and day out and, and forces you to think bigger and grander and about the world at large or a disease at large or a community at large where where you can with your resources help to affect change help to accomplish something bigger than yourself and and I think that's what it's all about that's why people who give back are happier they're healthier and in the end they're often wealthier as well it sounds like it increases connection to a cause, to others, to, uh, like you said, something bigger than yourself. And that, that connection being part of a larger cause or community is, has been shown time and time again to make us live longer and, and be happier over the long run. Yeah, connectedness is is key when we look at why people are successful. Successful people are connectors. You know, they are people who have networks that are not just their family and their close friends. They have networks that are that are much larger than that. And they have it's called the resource is actually called personal capital. Mm. That and and when you are looking to increase your success in your own life when you're looking to move up the ladder or when you're looking to start a new business or when you're looking to make a change in your job life. Having that, um, those deep reservoirs of personal capital can be really, really helpful. Jane, this is so helpful. Thank you so much for being here today and for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Jean Chatsky is the financial editor for NBC's Today Show, an award-winning personal finance journalist, AARP's personal finance ambassador, and if that wasn't enough, host of the helpful podcast Her Money on iTunes. Her newest book, Age Proof, Living Longer Without Running Out of Money or Breaking a Hip, which she wrote with Dr. Michael Roizen, will be released in February, so be sure to check that out. As for the Savvy Psychologist, the show is now on Twitter, so be sure to follow me there. And as always, don't miss a single episode when you sign up for the newsletter at quickanddirtytips.com slash newsletters, or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, listen on Spotify, or like on Facebook, where there are always links to episodes no longer available on iTunes. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and the Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. As always, thank you so much for listening and subscribing. And next week, we'll bring back an oldie but goodie from the archives, six ways to deal with panic attacks. So I will see you then for a happier, healthier mind. Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly. 
packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The anxietycoachespodcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen.